from South Bend, Indiana. You know where that's at. I don't. Where do you live? It's Sports Yak with Corey Mann and Chuck Freeby. Sports Yak is brought to you by Big and Tall Outlet. The number one most downloaded sports podcast on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Get the Sports Yak Podcast wherever you download podcasts. This is Jimmy Shorts and that's God. Welcome to the Horrible Movie Podcast, a Studio DNA podcast. We're available on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and at thehorriblemoviepodcast.com. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. You can become a patron of our show and the Studio DNA Network by going to patreon.com slash studio DNA to find out more. Now, here's the show. Welcome to the Horrible Movie Podcast. Thanks for coming in today. Grab your chair. Tell you what, grab something from the concession stand, Phil. Grab a pipe. What would you... Well, don't... Not a, not a, a smoking pipe. Like Sherlock Holmes. Yes. That's so weird. I, I, I didn't mean a... a yeah. So, yeah. You, anyway. I, dot, dot, dot. Uh, <laughs> come on in. Uh, maybe some Junior Mints. Uh, maybe some Mike and Ice. What would you grab if you could have anything from that concession stand up there? Anything on the... Top row of the concession stand right now. Anything on this top shelf here? Ooh, what top, would you pick? Top shelf, huh? The top shelf. Um, top shelf S- of snow candy. caps. <laughs> top shelf of candy. Uh, I always go for Junior Mints when I go see Junior movie. Mints. Yeah. You know they'll heal you up. It's like Kramer when he drops that Junior Mint inside mm-hmm. of uh, Elaine's friend on Seinfeld. Yeah, heals him up. Better. Exactly it's like a miracle. Need. The doctor. It's like a miracle. <laughs> I do love watching, drop from heaven. I do love watching that Junior Mint just fly through the air and see their and eyes it makes go the up. sound go. Uh, Well, welcome to the Horror Movie Podcast, folks. We're back. Uh, We've got a nice, rousing live chat, live chatter going on. Studio, no, Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. If you're just listening on the radio or uh, through, you've downloaded the podcast, uh, that is uh, definitely, the live chat is not available, but you can go back in and comment on the live chat. So with that said, um... Phil is in the house. Phil, what's going on? Yeah, I'm here. I'm ready to talk some. You're always. Uh, I'm here. I'm always here. I love. I love me some Sherlock Holmes like, and Delilah. Dr. I'm your Doctor Watson. I'm the Watson to your Sherlock Holmes. Yikes! But you're the in this movie. You're the winner. Um, we <laughs> we uh, went to the theater uh, yesterday as a recording time to the Alamo uh, Draft House there in Springfield, Missouri. We watched this. Uh, we had a gift card um, that I used. Uh, David Stoltzman bought us that ticket. Thank Thanks, you, Dave. Dave. That was awesome. Uh, you demand. Um, so we went and watched it, uh, and it was as bad as people have been saying. Um, I looked at it before we started recording. Eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's come up. And one, yes, at one point it was zero percent, and, and then it got all the way up to nine, and then it came back down to eight as of right now. As of the time of this recording. And um, my son made a comment about Rotten Tomatoes. We were talking about something else, and he says. Now, I thought, Dad, I thought that Rotten Tomatoes, the lower score, would mean it was better. 
Because it would have a lesser percentage of rotten tomatoes because rotten tomatoes are gross. Yeah, you don't want... So we'd want less. We want a lower less score. Rotten. He's like, so yeah. when you said it was a 0%, he's like, I thought you were meaning it was good. Huh. And I said, no. Uh, critics would you know, use, even now they use, to even say a movie is, a movie is good. I've seen that on, on previews for things where it's, this movie, it's 98% on rotten tomatoes. Critics love it. And good for rotten tomatoes that they made a, a sarcastic website. Yeah. You know? That now is is treated like, you know, something important and serious. Maybe someday, yeah, the horrible movie podcast will be treated with such reverence as Rotten Tomatoes or like, the Razzies. Don't go see any movie that's on their podcast. Yeah, stay away from what they say. <laughs> Probably not, but Probably not. We'll see. <laughs> but with that said, uh, well, let's talk real quick. We did this in the um, we did this in the uh, uh, pre-show, the patron-only pre-show. That's through our Patreon account. That's a, the Studio DNA Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash studio DNA, studio DNA to find out more over there. Studio DNA. No? <laughs> studio DNA. Um, and uh, to find out more how you can give or the awesome perks you can get by being a member over there. But with that said, we talked about this in the pre-show, uh, Will Ferrell. Uh, we said in our favorite Will Ferrell uh, type things, we talked a lot about Saturday Night Live how his work on Saturday Night Live really bridged the gap into his movie career. And he then, in that movie career, bridged into this relationship and this friendship with John C. Riley. and they've been in Talladega Nights together. They were in Step Brothers together. What else did they... They have... Uh, we saw a video yesterday before the movie from funnyordie.com mm-hmm. that uh, him and... Uh, that Will Ferrell and John C. Riley were in together. Yeah. They've been in a ton of movies together. Yeah. And, they've, and they just do stuff together and it's phenomenal. And they're funny. Like I, I like them as a pair. I, they definitely have the same kind of humor, so they play off each other really well. Even their improv stuff, when they don't have any script whatsoever, is actually pretty funny. Like they, I think, um, enjoy each other's company enough in real life that it just it makes it electric on screen. So, unfortunately, I think for this movie, the script was so bad that they they weren't <laughs> given a lot to work with. But. Um, we we talked about this too. The um, this has been a project that's been in. Uh, development Did you for see who quite was, a while. So the original, uh, Will Ferrell was originally picked to pick uh, play Watson. Um, did you see who was going to... Sasha Baron Cohen yeah, was going to play Holmes. What, do you th- what are your thoughts on that? Well, in 2008, when they were pitching this, I'm sure that... I mean, Sasha Baron Cohen was really big then. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was big, big. And then it's uh, that's tapered off. And, um, man, and it was going to be produced by Judge, Judd Apatow. Random. Really? Wow. Um, and then they it's, it's and then they switched in, in 2016, and, and the thing is, is like when those things were happening, even in 2016, and you go back to 2008. In that span, we had Sherlock Holmes that was uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. We had Sherlock Holmes that was uh, Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. And so now it's kind of it's it's kind of dissipated. So when it came out, I was like. Why are they doing that right now? Right, yeah. And, and I, I I had a similar conversation with my wife because she's like, is this like the Austin Powers? To, I was like, it's it's like Austin Powers if nobody had seen a James Bond movie for a while. But Austin Powers came out in the middle of the Pierce Brosnan um, series of movies. So it was very rele- relevant. Like people had just seen Pierce Brosnan as James Bond and then saw uh, Mike Myers. Here we go. So uh, originally re- set to release August 3rd, 2018. Finally, actually released Christmas Day. Christmas Day, yeah. Um, tried the studio tried to sell Sony, tried to sell distribution rights to Netflix, 
just to have it really straight yeah, to Netflix. I read this. And yeah. then Netflix wouldn't buy it. Yeah. They, they, oh, it, my gosh. You, you know it's bad when Netflix says, uh, no. No, we don't need that. Well, and we'll talk about the budget uh, <laughs> coming up next, but uh, really, um, it's that, unbelievable. Honestly, that that not only says a lot about this movie, it says a lot about Netflix, because Netflix is really like trying to change their... They've been knocking it out of the park on content for years and years. I mean, some people consider Netflix shows and movies to be better than even theater release movies. Um, and they're up for Oscars for the first yeah. time this year. It's, it's really cool to see what they're doing. But I, I kind of see Netflix saying like, we don't want a movie like that to tarnish our name. Like we're we're trying to be more recognized. Well, and I think their overhead costs um, for this for for some of their movies they keep them a little lower because they do yeah. it in house. Yeah. Well, this was all them paying. This would this would have been them money. paying for this content. And again, the budget. Now I'll go ahead and spoil this budget for this movie is forty two million dollars. Yeah, that's a lot for so to find this kind of this. Absolutely. So well, I think a lot of that money went into the set, the sets and the costumes and like they really to to the movie's credit, and this may be one of my only good things to say about the movie, they tried really hard to make it look somewhat authentic. Like the streets that they filmed on and um two twenty one B Baker Street, like it looked like the stuff that you would have seen in a Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Let's do this. Uh, it is time, my friends. It's time for some deets, the details of the movie. Holmes and Watson. That's right. Uh, you hadn't had enough versions of Holmes and Watson? <laughs> well, we've got another one. And it's Will Ferrell and uh, John C. Riley just finally putting this to bed. Finally. This trope. Directed by Eaton Cohen, uh, who is obviously related to uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. I don't know. I'm just making that up. <laughs> Let's just say that he he wrote for the Harvard Lampoon, which famously, uh, you know who else wrote for the Harvard Lampoon? Conan O'Brien. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, he's done. He's been the director. Uh, he Actually, he wrote the scripts for... Eaton Cohen wrote the scripts for Tropic Thunder, Madagascar 2, uh, and Men in Black 3. Thanks for Men in Black 3. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, there he is. So, yeah, he's Cohen. And then uh, that was the director. Produced by Will Ferrell, Adam McKay, Jimmy Miller, and Clayton Townsend. Written by, again, Eaton Cohen. Uh, based on Sherlock Holmes, uh, as written, uh, uh, the, the novel Sherlock Holmes, as written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Do you think uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle back in the 1800s, when he wrote those, do you think that he uh, ever envisioned this? For his movies. No, but I would also say that I don't think he would have ever envisioned it being like a huge blockbuster movie either. Mm -hmm. Like, I think he would have been surprised that his character would have taken off even to the levels that it has. But yeah, I I think if you told him that they will make, you know, try to explain movies to him. Did they have movies back then? No, no, no. Okay. Maybe maybe before he died, they had motion, motion they had silent film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like if you could explain motion pictures to him yeah. and then say, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to sell out to millions and millions of people. Mm-hmm. Your character is going to be huge and he could buy into that. I think he probably would say that there would probably be some parody films too. It's interesting. Starring Will Ferrell uh, as Sherlock Holmes, John C. Riley as uh, Dr. Watson, Rebecca Hall, Rob Bryden, Steve Coogan, and Ralph, Ralph Fiennes. I always say it wrong. Rafe. Rafe Fiennes. See, I always do yeah. it. I yeah. always do it. Rafe Fiennes. <laughs> Um, who music. is n- criminally not in this movie as much Dude. as he should have been. <laughs> and he is the, probably the, he's the best actor in the yeah. movie. Um, 
Uh, maybe other than Billy Zane, because Billy Zane does make an appearance. Dude, I, can't, I can't wait to talk about that. That was pretty good. That was actually a positive for me. Uh, there was an editor. We had some sound editing issues on this movie. Literal. We watched it and we're like, <laughs> that was weird. That was obviously a reshoot. Uh, and they. And this uh, isn't sound editing is- issues like we do ha- have in Spreaker sometimes. <laughs> no, this is full on sound editing issues where you just go, that the lips didn't match up and then they turned away from the camera and it obviously. Yes. Wasn't moving with the sound, and it was weird. Yeah. Like it was, I don't think I've ever seen it that blatant in a movie, in, I, in a motion picture. I haven't seen it that often in a movie. I've seen it like just one scene out of two hours. This movie had just a dozen of them, and it was really distracting. Amazing. Um, a ninety uh, a release date of uh, by the way, this is a Sony movie. Um, so it it could go into the Spider Man universe. This could be a Spider Man crossover. <laughs> um, and then we have uh, it's a Columbia Pictures, Gary Sanchez Productions, uh, Blaka Blaka Blaka. They had a ton of a ton of help. Getting this direct out finally after 10 years of production. Uh, distributed by Sony. A release date of December 25th, 2018. That's Christmas for you all that don't know. 90-minute uh, runtime didn't seem that long, which was good. Yeah. And then a $42 million budget, as, as I said earlier, and a $30 million at the box office about a week and a half after it opened. Um, I am uh, prone to say that I don't know if it'll do much more than that, and it's going to slowly dissipate out of theaters. Welcome back. Uh, we're here, and it is time, my friends, for... Uh, oh, by the way, welcome back to the Horror Movie Podcast. If you're joining uh, us on the radio. If you're just joining us on the radio, my name is Jack, and we're talking about Holmes and Watson. We have producer Phil back in black. You ha- you were under the weather I was. for one week. Yeah. Uh, and then you it. were out of pocket because it was the Christmas time, and you were doing family stuff, but and now we, you're back. Yeah, we were traveling for one week, and then I got sick on that traveling week. That's true. And then came back sick. So, yeah, yeah, I haven't been. This is the first time in the studio for me for like three weeks. But you're back. I'm glad. And we're to be so back. glad. No, everyone's glad. Everyone's pumped. Everyone is excited. People were telling me online critics, critics say the following mm-hmm. Glad he's back. Mm-hmm. Where's Phil? If he's not there, everything's <laughs> crap. That's right. The Horror Movie Podcast. Uh, we should mention, since this is a, a currently in theaters movie, we, we don't always say this because we usually do movies that are like a lot older and stuff, but we are going to spoil this movie. We're going to tell you everything that happens in it from front to back. So um, so if you have not watched Holmes and Watson and you want to, and that second part is probably the thing that's going to catch people. Yeah, you're going to want to hit pause <laughs> right now, and you're going to want to go to the theater. And if it's still in theaters when you hear this, yeah, exactly. uh, and even like you know, in, in a week or so, it may not be in theaters. <laughs> so um, at any rate, uh, we're talking Holmes and Watson, and it's time, my friends, time for 30 Seconds Synopsis. And guess who's going to do it? Me. I'm going to do it. Jack's oh, going to do it. I'm glad. Um, and uh, it's going to be freaking phenomenal. Uh, are you ready, Phil? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm not ready. Hold on. Me no understand how the world works. Me just cog and wheel of life. Okay, here we go. 30 seconds synopsis. Holmes and Watson. It's my turn to do this. And go. All right, so Will Ferrell plays Sherlock Holmes. He and John C. Riley as Watson. Uh, they meet their friends. Uh, Segwayed like 30 years later. And Holmes and Watson are world-renowned as the best detectives ever. Moriarty he uh, tries to pull an over on him. Uh, he secretly doesn't know what's... Uh, d- they don't know what's happening, but they do. Uh, there's a couple dead bodies. Uh, Will Ferrell finds out and blames John C. Riley for the murder. Uh, John C. Riley proves him wrong. And then uh, the world saved. Uh, Moriarty's daughter uh, goes and messes up everything. And everyone's happy. And at the end, John C. Riley is the... Um, 
you know co-detective. You know why this is a hard movie to do 30-second synopsis on? It jumps around like crazy. Because... You're very nice to say that. It, this movie is incomprehensible at times. Like, I... I understand what's happening in the moment, but why it's happening in the greater scheme of the plot is almost a, a complete non thing. It's, it's pretty bad. It's really, really bad. Ladies and gentlemen, it's pretty bad. So I'm just going to say it out loud. It's if, pretty bad. If you're if you're going to, to a movie just to turn your mind off on like I don't care about the plot, I don't care about what's happening in the world or it, what's happening, why these characters are even interacting with each other. None of that matters to me. I just want to see these guys just um, be goofy on screen. Then yes. you might have a somewhat good time with it, but if you're looking for anything that makes any kind of sense from front to back, this is not the movie to watch. No, and I, I guess maybe you shouldn't expect that much out of Will Ferrell anyway. Right. No, you know what I'm saying? We're, we, and, and I always say this about things, and and sometimes it's hard to do comedies on this show. Oh, sure. Because people would say, "Well, it's meant to be bad, or it's meant to be silly, or it, how can you be critical over something that's meant to be that way?" That's why, like. Um, if I if you were to say okay Jack go do um, a thirty second go do a horror movie podcast episode on movie forty three which is um, uh, which was the Farrelly brothers and they had multiple directors and they had and it was just oh, uh, supposed yeah. to be comedy or do a do a horror movie podcast on Naked Gun uh-huh. well uh, you know what I'm saying I, I yeah. have a hard time doing it I I, I would have a hard time doing it because it is it's meant to be really crappy at times yeah. I mean it's got I think Reggie Jackson acting in this movie. I'm coming up with this on the spot, but I think it holds up. I think the good comedy plots are the ones that are very simple in their premise yeah. or are simple as it plays out from front to back. Uh-huh. Um, Tommy Boy is a fantastic comedy. It's one of my favorite comedies of all times. But the plot is like the, the plot is, is so basic that it really doesn't change very much as you're going through the movie. Like basically they gotta sell um, brake pads, Parts, right? Yeah, brake yeah. pads, and and so they're just going from town to town selling brake pads, and all these funny things happen to them along the way. Yes, um, there's not like physical, a lot of physical comedy. Yeah, and it's not the the plot isn't complicated. Like yeah. they're on a road trip. Now I'll say this: the plot for Black Sheep, which is like the same movie, yeah, has actually more going on in it yeah. than Time Boy, but it's basically the same movie. It's buddy comedy, right. <laughs> and then you go to like we're talking Chris Farley now, but you're going to uh, Beverly Hills Ninja. And that's a plot that's like pointless. Like it's like, yeah, whoa. Like I, it's I, it's a, a fine line to to toe. Like I, I think you, you com, the bad comedies are ones that have zero plot whatsoever, and it's just like there's literally nothing to hang your hat on, and those are bad. But this one, like Holmes and Watson, is way too complicated for a for a funny movie for a comedy. If you're going for comedy, they shouldn't have gone this. Like if you t- if you took this plot and you made it serious and you put some good scripting, like actual good lines in it mm-hmm. and some segues, like there's absolutely nothing to no transition from one scene into another. Just better writing and a serious uh, acting, like serious acting for this film, not a comedy. It actually might have been pretty decent. Like I, I kind of liked the twist at the end and like the kind of whodunit kind of style. Right. But for a comedy, it's just way overloaded and um, bloated. Like I, as as funny things were happening, I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. And then they go into another scene. I'm like, wait, why are why are they here? I don't remember. Right. Like what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> so and uh, we we said that about Eaton uh, Cohen is the writer of this, and he wrote Tropic Thunder, and so that makes more sense. Yeah. When I think about him as a writer writing that movie and also writing this movie. That does make a lot of sense. Um, well, let's talk quickly about the plot here. Um, again, spoiler alert, we're going to be going through the movie. Uh, this movie's not that old, but in the same vein, uh, look on Rotten Tomatoes and you tell me, uh, is it a horrible movie? And it is a horrible movie. It's rated so low. And it's also 
Uh, not very good. It's not very well put together. Uh, also, the content and why you would make this movie. But if you look back and go, they started this project literally almost 10 years ago in some form. Mm-hmm. Then that tells you eventually Hollywood scripts end up bouncing around and then it, sometimes they just get made. So um, Holmes and Watson. Uh, we got Sherlock Holmes. He's a little kid. Uh, he befriends and becomes friends with John C. Riley's uh, uh, Dr. John Watson character. But you first meet them as little kids in a school. He is sent to school, uh, and he has to learn, and he's picked on a little bit. He uh, In a kind of a funny segment in the beginning, some bullies are picking on little Sherlock Holmes, and he starts to cry because they, they trick him into uh, kissing what he thinks is kissing a girl, he ends up kissing the uh, rear end of a mule, and um, it, it he feels very embarrassed that this happened to him, so he starts to cry. But then in that moment, <laughs> the narrator says, in that moment, this is an origin story, Sherlock this. Holmes decided he will no, he'll no longer use his brain for emotions, only for solving crimes <laughs> and solving mysteries. And he sucks his tear. He uncries. Yeah, the, one of the kids actually says he's uncrying. He's uncrying. <laughs> he so so folks. If you, just so you know, uh, he he's if you want to not have feelings, suck your tears back into your eyes, and yep. you'll uncry. Pull them back in, and you will be able to use your brain, the hundred percent of your brain, for whatever you want it to be. Could be programming computers. Yeah. Could be coding. I, I think as far as could be eating combos. We don't know. <laughs> as far as uh, origin stories go for a comedy, like that's probably about the best you could do on it. Probably. I, I didn't hate the beginning of the movie. Um. No. And, th- and th- up to that point, it was fine. Like, uh, now, uh, now I will say it honestly, opens like, with a uh, Hannah, Mon- Hannah Montana quote, which was <laughs> which very silly. I didn't see because I was looking down at my phone. I'll see if I can pull it up. I here. almost got kicked out of the. Um, Tell us a little bit more though after after that happens, Phil. I mean, uh, the first five first five minutes of the movie is all this flashback stuff, and it actually was like hey, this movie could, could actually be pretty decent. Like, I actually really kind of liked the the flashback to his uh, early life. So, uh, anyways, it cuts straight from that that kind of touching you know origin story kind of thing where well, I mean, he basically gets all of his friends expelled, so I guess it's not super touching. Um, and then he it goes straight to modern day um, where it's Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. And um, Will Ferrell is doing something very unfunny. Like um, he's saying, like, when I go to the courtroom, should I point with my finger or should I karate chop with my hands? And I was just like, this is the in- this is the introduction of these characters. Well, like, and he's got to get, he's got to the, get to the courtroom because Moriarty is on trial, and for whatever reason, the judge says, if he doesn't, if if Sherlock Holmes <laughs> doesn't arrive by noon, we have to let. Professor Moriarty, go. Set him free. Set him free because all of all of the um, all of the witnesses are dead, and Sherlock Holmes is the only person with any evidence that can keep him from this. He's like, I have a hard deadline of noon, and if we don't have it by noon, and I turned over to Jacket <laughs> audibly during that part of the movie, I was like, Why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no real reason. Um, and I, uh, I definitely, <laughs> you're, you're led to believe again, we'll go back should, to this. Th- by the way, we should say this is Ray Fiennes. So you, you see Ray Fiennes like very early in the movie. Uh, and then you never see him again for like another hour. Mind you, this is the guy that, I mean, he's, he's a big time actor. Ray Fiennes is, uh, playing as, a big time character, Moriarty. Right. Well, I mean, in theory, this is a big time character, but the, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Ray Fiennes is in, um, He's in the Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, Clash of the Titans. Uh, he's obviously he's Voldemort. 
who's a great bad guy. Oh yeah. Uh, and then um, he's been in James Bond. Like he is a in uh, Red Dragon. I forgot about Red Dragon. How can you forget well, that? So uh, Academy, and Schindler's List, Academy Award winning. I mean, he's yeah. he's a phenomenal actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so they um, have to get to the courthouse to uh, give this information. But again, they get sidetracked. There's these killer bees that get let out. There's a mosquito that's got um, what they call African plague. Not sure what that is. Um, that if it stings John C. Riley, they, they send it to Holmes to try to, to try to get him to die. And uh, anyway, so but Holmes makes his big appearance, and <laughs> I forgot about Doctor Watson shoots at, uh, shoots a yeah, couple he, people on the way com- in. He comes in gu- guns blazing. Stop the trial! And he starts shooting things. And he shoots the he shoots the um, uh, judge's gavel. It's yeah, pretty funny. There's a lot of that in this movie, by the way. So. Um, he gives the evidence, and I'm going to be very light when I say this evidence. He gives evidence. Oh, by the way, we we also meet this Mrs. Hudson, who's his housekeeper, to start the movie. Very briefly. Very briefly, we meet her. Just remember that name, Mrs. Hudson. Um, they they come in. Uh, Inspector Le, uh, Lestrade, who is a character from Holmes, uh, from all the Sherlock Holmes stuff, is he's there. He's claiming we can't let him go. Uh, we Sherlock Holmes, you've got it to. Uh, tell them this is Moriarty because we want to hang him so he's so we're done with Moriarty right Sherlock Holmes deduces that this man actually isn't Moriarty that Moriarty is traveling to the United States and this man is a man named um what's his name I got it wrong I had it right here I had it right here in front of me Jacob Musgraves oh yeah now I'm gonna speak lightly of this they make (laughs) uh, he has got this very fidgety hands and so there's this he says he could not uh, be the murderer because of the fidgety hands. And also, he gives the reason for his fidgety hands, and I'm going to leave it at that. If you want to find out what the fidgety hands is, this is one spoiler alert I'm not going to give. Yeah, the, there is some adult comedy in, in the movie, and this is one, one of the scenes for that. Um, there's some grotesque comedy in this thing, too, by the way. Get ready for it. Yeah. So they uh, let him go. Uh, Lestrade is very upset. Inspector Lestrade is very upset because he thinks they've just let Moriarty go. It's taken him three years to get this trial to go and blah, 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 blah. Um, they say uh, Holmes thinks Moriarty is long gone. Doesn't matter. Anyway, so then the next the next time we see them, they don't really give a timeline, but they end up at Buckingham Palace um, walking to talk to the Queen because the Queen has summoned them. And it turns out it's a surprise birthday party. For Sherlock Holmes. And a very Will Ferrell-like birthday party, too. Yeah. Um, there's a cake. There's a cake there. There, th- Some of the stuff in the movie is very grotesque. And there's, I mean, we're spoiling the movie, so we might as well say it. But, like, he cuts into the cake, and he finds out that he's actually cutting into a human, like a corpse that got, like, deposited in the yes. cake, whatever, that's been murdered. Yes. And um, they, they're having trouble cutting the cake with this little, you know, cutting knife or whatever. And they keep and so, stabbing into the cake. <laughs> and so Watson grabs a battle axe and, and bring, brings it down on the cake. But I'll say this. I'm, like I'm, you do. He, uh, Holmes stabs into the cake and then pulls it out, and there's this red stuff that comes out. He goes, he's, Raspberry. Mmm, raspberry, my favorite. <laughs> So ridiculous. I think a lot of the comedy around uh, Holmes in this movie is supposed to be that uh, take everything that you know about Holmes, that he's like the smartest man alive and that he can solve any crime and determine any kind of evidence yes. and flip it on its head. Right. So like the, com- right. the comedy is that he thinks he's really smart. In fact, a lot of other people think he's really smart, but he's actually an idiot. Like he, do- he makes a lot of poor judgments. Yes. Um, so. 
He um, then they realize that the queen basically they get this note that's with the uh, corpse and it says uh, you have two days or the queen is going to die and basically uh, wait basically we're going to kill the queen gonna, yeah, in, two, a, in two days yeah it's an assassination assassination story so they're basically then they're tasked with trying to find Moriarty or finding out who this is um, he deduces okay. They go to the morgue next, mm-hmm. and they are looking um, for information. They run into these two ladies. They're American ladies, um, and uh, they become friends with them. Uh, yeah, and before just before we get there, there's some groan, a lot of groaning humor in the in the movie as well. Like where you 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 can see what, that they were trying to be funny, but it didn't quite land, and so you're just like, oh, wah wah. This is one of them where like. The, the, these two ladies come up and, and Watson was like, oh, it's the cleaning ladies. They've come to, here to clean up the mess. Yes. And he's like, he's like, no, Watson, they're dressed too finely for that. And then um, she's like, uh, he's like, clearly I've deduced that they're the wives of the deceased. And she's like, no, actually, I'm a doctor. Yeah, so there's Dr. Grace Hart and then her, her friend, Millie. But Dr. Grace Hart says that she is... Um, has the mind of a four-year-old because of... She's raised by feral cats. Raised by feral cats, has the mind of a four-year-old, and she's hoping with electric shock, shock therapy to make her have the mind of a six-year-old. That's really dumb. Really stupid. Um, but, uh... So uh, they, do, they do some jokes yeah. about, um, you know... How women couldn't be doctors. She, she couldn't be a doctor, and is it spelled the same? Does the word mean the D-O-C-D-O-R. You mean doctor, right? Yeah, what does doctor mean in your country? Does doctor in your country mean the same thing? It means doctor. It means doctor. Anyway, so she... And she's very proud that she's making 30 cents on the dollar. I'm making 37 cents to every dollar that a man makes. That's what she says. Uh, again, again, groany kind of stuff where you're just like, eh, that wasn't as funny as you thought. Well, and there's it was. a selfie thing after a bit when we go. Oh, how, how close are we break time here? Uh, my no, thirty seconds in office clock uh, messed another, with my timer. Oh, another minute and a half. Okay, all right. Um, that's about where I'm at too. So we're okay. good. Um, that's a good guess on my part. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, anyway, so they, uh, Doctor Grace Hart, is going in to do the autopsy with Doctor Watson. They kind of fall for each other. And Dr. Mm. Watson's like, well, I found that on an autopsy, the only way uh, the only way to do an autopsy was with music. So he cranks up this, uh, he, he cranks up this, uh, what's it called, the uh, phonograph, uh-huh. and it plays the Everly Brothers, oh, my love. <laughs> and it's so weird and just awkward. By, and then, by, the, by the way, don't assume that anything makes sense in this timeline. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I know the Everly yes. Brothers song came out way after yes. Sherlock Holmes. And then, in the, and then in the lobby, because Sherlock Holmes is sickened by blood, by the way. He doesn't like it. Yeah. He uh, then says, uh, he then says that, um, he, he basically is like, he, he's, Grows up by blood. He falls for this Millie character. He doesn't understand that she allegedly is not very intelligent and like has some issues. There's absolutely no reason given for why he does that. No, but it's it's a Will Ferrell movie yeah. too, so we shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, by we, don't, anything. we don't need a reason. Uh, real quick update the live chat. Uh, yes, uh, the Netflix uh, did pick uh, Cloverfield Paradox over this, uh, and then um, That's a good choice. This is a waste of uh, money. Maybe even on Five Dollar Tuesday. But it may be worth it if, to you if you want to see Will Ferrell in something. Uh, but anyway, very good. And when we come back, we'll talk more. Bye-bye. 
Well, we're back. Welcome back to the Horror Movie Podcast. Uh, we are talking today about Holmes and Watson. Yes, that Holmes and Watson is in the theaters. Probably still when you're listening to this, if you're listening to it on the radio. And then uh, if you're listening to this two years from now, go watch that Holmes and Watson on Blu-ray DVD. <laughs> Brought to you by Blu-ray. That's right. We're still here. You don't have to stream everything. That's right. We're Blu-ray. Uh, thanks, Blu-ray. Uh, so I'm sure you can find it for free somewhere. And by now, it'll be for free on Pluto TV. <laughs> uh, so check this out. Uh, we are talking about Holmes and Watson. They have found uh, this um, uh, body of someone who had been murdered. Uh, they do an autopsy on it with these uh, this Dr. Uh, Hart, Mary... Not Mary Hart. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, not Mary Hart. What am I thinking? Dr. <laughs> Grace Hart from America. And so now we're next task. We're a day later. The queen is going to be mar- uh, murdered in two days if they don't solve this. Um, Holmes and, and Watson are at Holmes's house, and they are visited by who, Phil? By the queen. By the queen. It's been so she has like forty-eight hours to live, basically, according to this death note. And it's been about twenty-four, I think. It's like halfway through the investigation, and they're not making very much progress. And so she comes by to check on them, like see how it's going. And she she tells this is important. She tells the Royal guards that are that are her entourage. There's four of them. Uh, I'd like to speak with uh, Doctor Holmes at, or Doctor Watson and um, Holmes all, all by myself, whatever. And so she goes in there, and they're alone with her. And I forget exactly how it happens, but she takes a blow to the head. Okay, so here's how here's how it happens. <laughs> Holmes, uh, Wat- no, Watson is very enamored by the Queen. Oh, look, I he's love a, you he's so alone much. With her. And I she's, love you so she's much, like, Queen. She's this older lady that's a little overweight. Like, you yeah, know, it's, but it's he's like kind of enamored with it. Keeps grabbing her hand, and yeah. she's just like, "What's happening?" Anyway, he goes, he goes, oh, and she, uh, Holmes understands that he is just annoying her, and then he's like. Watson, could you go get us some tea? And then he leaves the room for a second and comes back with an old-style camera that's kind of a uh, b- uh, bouncy, coily camera thing. Oh, yeah. He holds it up. It. He holds it up and is like, oh, will you get one of these self-portraits that we we can all get in it? And, and then it's basically like just a selfie, selfie stick. stick. <laughs> and he's like, purse your lips like a, a por- like a porpoise. Like a duck. Like a duck? I yeah. thought he said porpoise. Oh. Maybe it's, it's a duck. It's duck lips. Duck lips. That's what he does say. Why did yeah. I say a porpoise? That's I don't weird. Know. Hmm. <laughs> weird. Why, why would you say porpoise instead of dolphin? So then, so then he they do that, and he goes, he swings around and hits the queen in the head and knocks her unconscious. And at first, I thought she's just she's just knocked out, like she's not, she's out for the count, or whatever. She's dead. Like they're they're trying to prevent her from being assassinated, and they just killed her in their apartment in their flat and then probably the for me the at least the funniest scene in the movie plays out so they've got this corpse and um they you know the royal guards are knocking on the door and they're like hey you know your majesty are you okay whatever and um and they're like oh we gotta hide the evidence and pretend like we never saw her which obviously that's stupid yes. but um a lot of this movie is stupid they try to cram her into a um like a chest, like a treasure, not treasure chest, but like a, a storage chest or yes. whatever. And she doesn't quite fit. So they're like, you know, like trying Jamming to like, her <laughs> in, with yes. their elbows and like pulling the lid down and sitting on it. And her arms are outside of it. And, and stuff like that. meanwhile, outside uh, the, um, the Buckingham guards are queen. Are you in there? 
queen, let us in. And then they, they at one point they hold her body up to the window it's, and it's move her much, hand. It's pretty much in the, in the style of that that movie where um, Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Bernie's. It was like a Bernie's moment. They weekend at Bernie's the queen. <laughs> they like um like move her lips, her bottom lip for her to, to get her to talk and stuff like that. Um it's a it's kind of a longer sequence, but I found myself laughing through almost all of it. Like right I, I I thought it was actually pretty funny. So. Well, I uh, definitely, definitely, definitely thought that was funny. And then, but then she revives; she comes back to life. But they're right. about to cut her open, I think. Yeah, <laughs> they've got like a knife like perched over her chest as the royal guards are coming in. They're like, "What is going on?" Well, nothing. And then she pops up <laughs> and she goes, "Oh, uh, well, you have you have two days," which wasn't true. They said you have. She said you have two days to solve I, this. I think she, I forget exactly what she says, but I feel like it's something. It's referential to what just happened, and she like she pops up and she says like duck clips. Yeah, that's what, that is what she says. Um, so anyway, so then they are still perplexed. Holmes cannot fathom that he cannot figure this out. He can't. He looks every direction. He can't figure this out. They go. Uh, they have to go to the under a little bit to the uh, London underworld. Uh, they run into a. Uh, they find, try to find it's this tattoo artist named Gustav. Uh, Cringer, Gustav Cringer is a one-armed tattoo artist, and so Holmes knows that if he can find the tattoo artist that did these tattoos on this guy that was murdered, they're fresh tattoos. Maybe he can find uh, where they are at. They go to this Fight Club area, this little boxing gym that has other things going on. There's some hilarious. There's a fake spinning class that's going on that's obviously out of date. Yeah, there's a lot of that out of date. A stuff. lot of that stuff. There's a yoga class. And there's a smoking class uh, yes. where they're smoking cigarettes <laughs> to strengthen their to lungs. strengthen their lungs. Uh, and then they have this boxing. Uh, basically, Holmes and Watson get cornered. Holmes gets Watson to fight. Uh, he thinks he's going to fight this one-armed uh, uh, tattoo artist. Uh-uh. He's going to be fighting uh, the WWE's Braun Strowman. Which you've made me a recent WWE fan. Yeah, wrestling's so, awesome. Yeah, like as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, it's Braun Strowman. That's awesome. Um, and the, okay, so we haven't talked about this yet, but throughout the movie, there's several uh, Guy Ritchie um, slow mo type of things. In, in the movies where Robert Downey Jr. is Holmes, he does these things where he plans a fight, like where he thinks in his mind, he's like, first, yes. first I'm going to throw this in the air to yes. distract him, and then I'm going to, um, you know, d- you know, throw off his balance by yes. hitting his ear. I'll punch then, him like, in the kidneys, yeah, exactly. and then I'll blah, blah, blah. Well, they do that in this movie, and of course, at some point, you know, he's going to like plan this entire fight out, and then it's not going to go his way. This is where it happens. Yes, and uh, he throws this pipe, his pipe, his smoking pipe up in the air. And it hits Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman doesn't look up to catch it. He just lets it him in the arm and just keeps looking at Holmes. And then just murders him. <laughs> well, he swing he swings at him. And what happens after that? He Does, fights him. I don't I can't remember if no, Sherlock doesn't get knocked out, but but Watson jumps into the fight. So he, he comes in with a bat, like a cr- Oh, a, a no, 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 no. A chair. Like oh, in no, wrestling. That's right, a chair. <laughs> hits him over the head with his chair and beats him, beats him, beats him, beats him. And then um Gustav Cringer is like, Okay, I'll tell you what. Well, I'll tell you, very Austin Powers like right here, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I know, but I've been stabbed in the back. What is that code for something? Yeah, is that like a no, me- I've been metaphor? stabbed in the back. <laughs> and then he falls, he falls forward. Uh, and then you see Moriarty, who you think is Moriarty. They run him down. This, this guy is the, down. the first time you've seen Ray Fiennes in like probably yeah. 45 minutes. And they run him down. And and what and Holmes is like, that's not this is not Moriarty. And then he rips his beard off. And it's the it's the uh. Guy from her Musgraves, Musgraves, who are friend. Um, so, um, so now we're just left. We don't know where we don't know where Moriarty's at. Um, 
Holmes then decides he's figured out it has to be someone that's close to all these murders. Mm-hmm. It's been close this whole time. Yeah. Who could it be? And they, he gathers them all up at the police station, and I, I will determine who it is. And the man who could, or the person that caused these murders are you, Watts, Dr. Watson. <gasps> and so Dr. Watson gets locked up. As he gets locked up, we have the first musical number. In this movie, which is and, really weird. And last musical number. Yes. Why there was a musical number here, I don't know, other than to, <laughs> and to it's spend long. some time. Like, it's probably like four minutes yeah, long. Yeah, it's, it's solid four minutes long. They say, uh, he, they both sing. Um, they are. They do like the split screen thing where he's singing one part and he's singing another part. Yeah. At this point in the movie, you're, before he said it was Watson, you were led to believe it could have been a number of people. It could have been uh, Inspector Lestrade. It could have been maybe he doesn't even mention Mrs. Hudson, the no. housekeeper. Uh, and then he, uh, this is like Clue. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> and then it, he doesn't. Uh, he thinks maybe it's the two American girls, right? Or at least the doctor one. Yeah. yeah or that one of the the, the doctor Hart is actually uh, Moriarty's daughter because yeah. he at some point in the movie talks about Moriarty's daughter, and so then they meet and they talk and uh, he's got to. He's got to get Watson. He comes to the conclusion it was actually Moriarty's daughter. He uses a couple clues. It, it's very vague. I, it's just like he just comes to it himself. Right. He realizes he's in love with Millie, and that's clouding his judgment. Which, by the way, Millie, I'm telling you, is just really a very low. Just low. Just low. <laughs> and so she, um, he, but he's in love with her, and he can't make good decisions. But he does figure out, and he goes and saves Watson from uh, he goes to prison to try to get Watson out, but Watson has been uh, kidnapped from the prison. They left this cake, and they he deduces Watson would never leave cake, so he's left it as as a clue. <laughs> he le- left the crumbs, yeah. Left the crumbs as a clue. He chases the crumbs down to this clock tower. I don't know how he gets there. I again, there's a lot of like locomotion in this movie that makes no yeah, sense. Like, just, how did they get from point A to point B? Right, that you're just left to uh <clears throat> Or it's for, totally forgettable, but um, that like he recognized that cake is like the kind of cake that Mrs. Hudson makes, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yes, that Mrs. Hudson makes so that, that cake. So that's how he knows that it's Hudson. Um, so he, um, but he chases them down. They Again, they, the, the plot does not matter in this no, movie. No, folks, but. it's a comedy. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he gets Watson from the, the gears. They go to this ball that the queen is at. Uh, and they go to the ball and realize, oh, the the drum. There's the, there's there must be a bomb. And it's on the Titanic. Yeah, the, they're at they're the, at. Okay, by the way, this is by no. far the most the, the most impressive set in the movie. Yeah, like well, it, so, so so this is happening at the same time as the Titanic's launch. Yeah, I, and I thought that was actually kind of cool. Yeah, that was a good crossover. Yeah, no Leonardo DiCaprio though. No, but there is. But there is Billy Zane. Billy Zane. <laughs> at, uh, at one point, Holmes goes, "Look, Billy Zane." Oh, hello, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> so random. It was great. Though. Was, I, I that was it. actually the best part of the movie. <laughs> um, so then they um, they basically deduce that the bomb, there's this bomb that's been set in this drum. The drum should not be there because it should only be used for field marching. And it's here it is uh, used in an orchestra. That's not how it should be done. So how there, are we going to get? Therefore, there must be a bomb in it. Yes. Yeah, so how are we going to get from point A to point B? Uh, Holmes keeps coming up missing, uh, like mentally on it because he keeps thinking about Millie. Um, Watson just eventually just crowds th- goes through the crowd, um, knocking people over, uh, reaches into the drum, and then throws the bomb out. And by the way, this whole time, out in the uh, Mrs. Hudson, the uh, maid, uh, was act- is actually Moriarty's daughter. 
and uh, she's out in this boat with her henchmen waiting uh, for the Titanic to explode. At this point, they like you've obviously figured out that Miss Hudson is the real killer or the real um, antagonist in this movie, and I just couldn't care less. Like, no, it was, it was pointless. Like, I was um, like, okay, now whatever. we did at one point. By the way, Holmes, when he was trying to figure out uh, information, he did go talk to his brother, uh, Mycroft, who was played by Hugh Laurie, and that was co- that was cool. Like to see him in the in the movie. And yeah, that, I would have liked to have more more Hugh Laurie the, in this. The, uh, the only funny scene or funny encounter with Hugh Laurie was when they were like. Uh, minds fighting, like they were using their minds to fight with each other verbally. Yes, and Watson couldn't <laughs> use his mind to talk to each other. It's so weird. That that was that was clever, but again, a total waste of Hugh Laurie's talent. I uh, what else? So they throw the bomb. It lands in Miss Hudson's boat and it blows her up. The Titanic is saved. Um, the Queen obviously didn't get on the boat, but um, then the Titanic sails away. And as they're before they sail away, uh, Holmes goes. They, they're like, oh, Sherlock Holmes, you saved the day. He goes, oh, well, thank you. But And he looks over at Watson and realizes he can't take all the credit. Because the whole point, the whole one of the big backstories of this movie, the main stories of the movie, is that Watson um, wants to become a co-detective with Holmes. He, he wants to, and this is not surprising if you've seen Being any, a doctor is not good enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I understand. If you've seen any other um, property of Sherlock Holmes, you know that... A lot of them kind of portray Watson as this guy that wants to be seen as equal with Sherlock. Like, well, I can solve crimes too, whatever. But they really take that to like the extreme yes. with the story. Yes. So. And so he's basically like just wanting some, just wanting. Uh, and that's that's why uh, Holmes thinks that he's the bad guy at one point because yeah. he's like doing all this to prove a point. Or yeah, whatever. he's just trying to get that credit. So he um, basically then goes, "What? But this none of this could have happened without Doctor John Watson, co-detective. Remember, folks." You're, when your family is boarding the Titanic, always remember that John Watson is the reason they're on the Titanic. John, Dr. John Watson is who put them there <laughs> on this boat, the Titanic. There's some good kind of historical reference comedy there. So then it sails away before, it, before they're walking off the Titanic and they look over and uh, Holmes goes, look, it's Billy Zane. <laughs> Hello, it's Sherlock Holmes. And he gets on the boat. Good Which, luck. by the way, Billy Zane is in Titanic <laughs> as the bad guy. He's the bad guy in Titanic. Yeah. So. He's he's aged for sure since that movie. He's um, still a great looking oh, guy, he's, though. He's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Um, uh, do you gorgeous. remember? Do you remember why? What's what's the motivation for the motive for Mrs. Hudson wanting to pull off this caper? I do not. She uh, wants to discredit. She's willing to kill the Queen of England to make a point, and that point is that Sherlock Holmes is not a good detective. <laughs> Well, too late. She lost. So there it is. So that and that makes a ton of sense. Like I would kill, uh, you know, a, a major dignitary just oh. just to discredit somebody. Phil's Phil's just joking. He would never do um, that. Uh, uh, if, just if, back that up. If you're, uh, if you're listening, we'll uh, bleep this all out in post production. Secretary of Defense. I didn't. Oh oh uh, no. Then the NSA is involved. All right. Um, I was not here for this. <laughs> Phil's actually uh, an AI. He's not even a real person. Uh, blame Skynet. So, uh, very good. Well, Phil, what do you think? Goods and bads of this movie. What's the good of this movie? I liked the the Guy Ritchie re- reference scenes, the parody scenes. Yes. Like where um, they're slowing down time and he's, you know, saying, like planning out, plotting out what he's going to do in the next 30 seconds or whatever. Um, I thought they were pretty well shot and, and really funny. I think where it gets really funny is when they make him ridiculous. Like it's not a fight scene or whatever. Like the urination scene oh was, my was pretty funny. Um, what was the other one that where they were, 
I can't remember it now. There, there's another scene where they're doing something completely mundane or, or usual, and and he was like plugging it all out or whatever. His fight with Braun Strowman, yeah. he did that with. He's yeah, like, that was... the floor will sink in, and I've got to make sure, and, you know. <laughs> um. So yeah, those those are pretty good. Um. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. There's some cool references in this movie. There, there's some there, there's some good um Ray cameos and stuff like that. Ray Fiennes, Braun Strowman, Braun yeah. Strowman, yeah, yeah. Yeah, get some pretty good cameos. Um, I thought the set, I said this already, but like the sets and the costuming and stuff like that, they really spent some money on it. Like they, $40 they, million. Dollars. Yeah, they, they, put, <laughs> they put a lot of time and a lot of money into making making it look somewhat authentic, which is completely wasted by the by the way that they actually treat the environment around them. <coughs> but um, but yeah, it was pretty well done. Um, bads? Other than everything else? Um just not funny i we've talked about all the funny scenes here um in the podcast and it took it took us like 20 minutes or whatever um i saw some references online where people saying all the funny scenes are in the trailer which is definitely true i agree with that um there are some extremely funny scenes in this movie where like you and i both were laughing out loud at the and people behind us you know the five other people in the theater were laughing as well (laughs) um followed by like 10 or 12 minutes of just just drag i'm just nothing nothing funny nothing going on um me wondering like why why is this even a comedy like this all seems pretty serious like it 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 almost like it fails because it it doesn't meet up to the expectations of the moviegoer which is i'm gonna go in there and just laugh nonstop. It, it didn't it didn't pull that off right and i i my biggest uh bad is just unnecessary we didn't need to see i mean we didn't need to see holmes and watson yeah, like in 2018. Yeah, slash 2019 because it's now 2019. But, but I I just am. Uh, I, I thought weird. some there there's some um, political commentary in a couple spots, and I'm not I'm not anti political. Uh, and it wasn't, but it wasn't so bad that it was like it was just it was just groaner kind of stuff, which is like uh want why low hanging fruit. I, I see what you're doing. Low hanging yeah. fruit. Yeah. So, um, well, very very good. What would you rate this on a scale of one horrible to five horribles? One being eh, not so bad. Five being the, the room um or I, double double I, I saw trouble. Some, some people comparing this to the room i wouldn't even come clo- oh, no, close no, no, to no, doing no, that no. um i would say probably a three yeah I, I'll, I'll never watch it again but i there were there were definitely moments where i laughed well folks um radio friends we will see you soon bye-bye um well folks thanks for tuning into the show and, and by, by political stuff i mean like uh, at one point, Holmes is trying on different hats because he's like he's trying to figure out like what hat do I want to be known by. And of course, the the gag there is that you know Sherlock Holmes wears one of the most recognizable hats of all time, but he's like trying to figure out what he wants to be seen as. Right. And at one point, he he puts on a red hat that says um, mm. uh, "Make England Great Again." Yes. Yes. <laughs> God. <laughs> like a fez. It, it was a fez. It was a fez. Wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, very cool. Uh, what else? Anything else? What have you been into lately, Phil? Um, we are, uh, getting really excited about watching movies with Jordan, uh, who's now two and a half and is actually like enjoying movies. Like she's enjoying them for the plot and for the characters for the first time, which is really cool to watch. Cool. So we watched, uh, the little mermaid last night for the first time. Phenomenal. Yeah. So I grew up with that movie. We were 10 when that movie came out back in 1989. Um, that movie is not as good as I remembered it. <laughs> no, it's pretty bad. But, Sebastian the Crab's the best part of the whole movie. Yeah, he's, he's good. Flounder is a, like a non-character. Um, 
there's really like no one to like really entertaining to watch. Even honestly, I think Ariel might be one of the most bland characters oh, ever very created. Milk toast, just yeah. like yeah. Um, but she, um, like I forgot that she doesn't speak for like a third of that movie. Yeah, like the, the main character doesn't speak. Yeah, well, it, it's a, it's a weird movie, but she enjoyed it. She she's like, oh, it's Ariel. Like she knew who Ariel was. Right, I think a lot of, yeah, a lot yeah. of kids that. And we're getting know. excited. Um, this isn't a plug or anything, but. Um, the Springfield Little Theater is uh-huh. is doing the Little Mermaid Junior show. In, That'll be fun in April, and we're at, we're gonna take her. So, um, so we've been really into that. Um, other than that, just over the break, I played a lot of video games. Um, what did uh, you play? I mostly played Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, which I put about seventy hours into. Wow. Um, and then I'm actually playing Assassin's Creed Origins right now. I'm about thirty. You hours really like that. that series? I love, too, don't you? I love yeah. Assassin's Creed. Yeah, yeah. But the the most recent, <coughs> the last couple of games have been really exemplary. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I'm trying to think. I've had something in mind. Oh, have you seen... You don't watch a lot of Netflix, do you? I don't. Uh, there's a show on there, a movie. Uh, well, the show is called Black Mirror, but the the, the movie that Bandersnatch... Bandersnatch, the, yeah. It's unbelievable. It's really weird. I, I'm not saying it's great. I'm, I'm sure there's someone in the world that's like, it's the best thing ever. It's like a which way book, like a choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure, yeah. But uh, the way it was done is really cool. It's like really random. It's not for kids. That, that's that's for sure. So this is not me giving in a plug yeah. to show your, you know, show your kids this. Which it's is definitely not, but it's a really weird uh, concept. You could do this on other stuff and it'd be good. There's some, some issue with you could sit there for hours doing the back and forth thing and it'd be a five hour experience almost. Mm-hmm. Like, but the longest, what did they say? The longest straight through uh, plot line is like two and a half hours on it. Mm-hmm. The shortest is like 45 minutes. Um, it's just weird. It's really yeah. weird. And if you've ever seen Black Mirror, you'll understand what I'm saying. Like it is, uh, it is modern Twilight Zone with much more gore, much mm-hmm. more stuff. So again, not for kids, uh, but you know, teenagers, um, older teenagers. Do, do you want to see more of these movies, these kinds of movies? Um, I could see it being beneficial. I could also see it being a one-trick pony, and yeah. you're not really wanting to see it all over and over again. Smart that they were the first ones in the boat. Sure. It was smart that they did it first. Now they can say, look what we did. I, I explained it to, to Jessica, because I'm aware of the movie. I just haven't watched yeah. it. And uh, I told her what basically what it is, and she's like, so is it a video game? And I was like... Well, it's based on it's based on a computer game, but it's not even... Well, yeah. yeah, I didn't know that, but like she's like the way it's played, it's is it are you holding a controller? And I said, no, you you, uh, you hold a, a remote and then you just make decisions. She's like, oh, is it like those Telltale games that you like to play, like Walking Dead and stuff like that? I was like, no, I mean no, those, those those games you have a lot of agency and you're walking around and talking to people. This is like it just asks you a question. One choice. Do you, you want to do this choice. or that? It's like it's kind of like old school. Um, RGBs were, or it's like, uh, just, but it's like a which way book. It really it's, is it's like a turn to page 50 or turn to page 25, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Dumbest Knox, one last thing, uh, talked to me in the in live chat about are you going to take the bird box, the bird box challenge, which is walk around with a blindfold on? No, I will not because my, <laughs> because my, uh, because my nightmares aren't going to come true based on <laughs> based on uh, whatever plague it is that the world's caused. I, I showed Jessica the trailer for Bird Box. It, she hates horror movies with a passion. And it has a little bit of jumpiness to it. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I, it's, I don't know that it's a full-on horror movie. It may be more thrill. I think it calls itself a thriller. Yeah. But um, she, she despises those movies so bad that she's like, I really want to watch it because I love Sandra Bullock. <laughs> she should watch it. She should watch it. I don't it. know if she can handle well, it. Well, 
Um, a Quiet Place, similar to I, the, I, similar I should, to a Quiet Place. I, I watched. I we watched the trailer for um for that one for Sandra Bullock, and then right after that, I was like, let's watch the trailer for A Quiet Place, and I started to explain what the movie was. And she's like, nope. No, she now that one is just so weird psychological. And I, you know what I like about A Quiet Place is uh john krasinski wrote it john krasinski is the guy and i love i love i love i love love jim from the office i love john krasinski he's great so well folks thanks for tuning in uh we appreciate you uh always fun well um i'm working on a best uh, we're not not, i've already the best of 2018 i'm working on a 2018 award show uh slowly putting it together it may be a couple weeks but we're Mm. slowly cobbling it together it's gonna be a straight up award show phil's gonna be on it uh, we're gonna have it's gonna be a award show, Phil. Cool. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be ha- right ha- happen here, right here in the studio. But um, I'm working on I'm working on some acceptance speeches. Am, am so. I nominated for a Jackie? Uh, I think they're called what did I call it? the Trashies? <laughs> the awards are called like the Trashies. Like so uh, you have been nominated, but we'll we'll talk about that. Okay, sweet. We'll talk about that. So um, I need something just to tweet out. Stay out just stay out of the green room in the back. Okay. Whatever you do. So all mm-hmm. right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you soon. Um, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> happy, uh, 2019. I think I already said that on the last episode, but, uh, welcome back and, uh, great things are going to happen. So see you soon. Feel anything else? No, it's going to be a good year, man. All right. Later y'all. Uh, keep it, keep it, keep it for real or don't keep it at all. Mm-hmm. And remember just cause it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. That's right. Uh, and just because Will Ferrell said he wants to get paid doesn't mean that movie's going to be any good. <laughs> or that he deserves to get paid. <laughs> But he did. He, he already got, but his he got paid. I don't, yeah. I, I, I'll never fault anyone this, this movie for will, taking any job. Ben Kingsley has made a career out of being like, ah, sure, I'll do it. I don't care. This movie will absolutely lose money, and there's no way that it gets up to its budget. It's starting to get closer. I mean, it's starting to tick up. But it's can it make ten? It, it is fall, falling. Can off. it make ten million dollars in another week? The, I, I think it's got the, another the week theater, and a half or two weeks in a theater. The theater that we went to, they only made like fifty bucks. Oh god, <laughs> that's oh. not going to do it. <laughs> there will be no sequel. No, by the way, the movie ends where they go yeah. to they go to Wyoming. I forgot to say that at the end. They yes. go to Wyoming and they get Moriarty. Sorry. Oh well. The radio well, people they don't need to know about that, I guess. <laughs> and I kind of feel like they left it open for a possible oh, sequel, but gosh. I really don't think that's I would have rather this movie been in Wyoming. I love Wyoming. <laughs> One of my favorite states. All right. We'll see you guys soon. Bye bye. The Horror Movie Podcast is heard weekly on great stations like 88.1 KZ88, South Central Missouri's Public Radio, 104.1 Caps Media in Ventura, California, 103.5 WADR, Janesville, Wisconsin, and 105.5 KFGM, Missoula, Montana, from Missouri to Missoula. The Horror Movie Podcast is available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and at the thehorribmoviepodcast.com.